No, first of all, okay. This class is in memory of Jared Orchen, and we are now going to open the book of Exodus, page 307, the after of Pasha's Kitisa. You know, on Pesach, we have a cup of Elijah on the table. We open the door for Elijah. We all speak about Elijah. Who is Elijah? Let's learn a little bit about Elijah the prophet. Strangely enough, Elijah became the most popular prophet, the most famous prophet in the world, among Jews and non-Jews. Not one child does know about Elijah. Elijah does not have so many prophecies. There is Isaiah as a whole book, and Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, and who knows, Daniel, many. Still, Elijah became the most popular prophet. Nobody is like Elijah. What make him, made him so famous? And when you read his life story, it's, not even, it's exciting, but not even so positive. I mean, so, as you're going to see. Elijah was a prophet during the time of the, when there was a kingdom of Israel. There were, the kingdom, the Jewish people were divided into two kingdoms, the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Israel. The kingdom of Judah was the more religious kingdom that was ma made up two, king two tribes, Judah and Benjamin. The kingdom of Israel was the kingdom of the ten tribes, the lost ten tribes that comes from this kingdom. And they were the less religious kingdom. They were idol worshippers. But even though business was very well, the economy was booming and life was good. And Elijah is a prophet in this kingdom, in Israel. And his job is to try to bring the people back to Judaism. But as we see, Elijah was like a zealot. He, was, he couldn't tolerate. What is going on here? He was from these guys. Then the story goes. The Medrash says, and it's in the text, that altogether, when Joshua conquered the land of Israel, the first city conquered was Jericho, right? He made circles with the ark, and the wall was for the, the walls of Jericho were falling. And then he made a curse. He made us oath. Anybody who will rebuild Jericho, his children will die. The youngest, the oldest will die when he starts, the youngest is terrible. And it was a guy with the name Chiel that he decided to, he was a friend of the king, the Jewish king Ahab. That was his name. He married Jezebel, who was a Leb Lebanese, Sidonite woman, I think. And she was not, not in favor of Judaism. And she was an idol worshiper. And she chased the Jewish, the, the prophets, the true prophets who, who prophesied the name of God. At the same time, was another, the other idol that everybody was, was serving was, what was the name of the other idol? Baal. The Baal. Everybody was into the Baal. Like today people are into the iPhones, they were into the Baal. <laughs> Everybody was Baal. And they were prophets running around speaking in the name of the Baal. Just like people who speak in the name of God. And she tried to kill the, good pro the, the prophets who speak in the name of God. It wasn't just Elijah. Elijah was the chief prophet. But there were like stu yeshiva student prophets, many prophets. It came to a point that uh, another uh, prophet, Ovadia, had to hide 
two groups of prophets, one, one group of 50 prophets in one cave, another 50 prophets in another cave, to, to save them uh, from, from, the, from the wrath of the queen. And he fed them in a, they were in a underground uh, caves. Nobody knew where they are. That's the environment. That's the, back, the backdrop of the situation, what's going on there. And Hiel decided to build the city of Jericho. And so behold, exactly as it happened, his children died, and he, didn't, he continued to build. He didn't care anymore and more. All his sons, I think, died, whatever. And then God told Elijah to go to offer condoms to Hiel. He comes to, he comes to Hiel's house to offer condoms. Who he meets the, the king. The king was a friend of Hiel. Then the king turns around to, to Elijah and tells him, Oh, tell me, who is greater, the, 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 the teacher or the disciple? He says, what do you mean? He says, Moses said in the second paragraph of Shema, If you will worship idols, then I will, not, I will stop the, the heavens and rain will not come down, right? Um, he will worship other idols, other gods. I will stop the rain and will be no, no food, nothing. And, the, and Joshua said that anybody will to curse about Jericho. He said, Look, Josh, Joshua's curse was fulfilled. Moses curse, nothing. We are worshiping idol here and we enjoying such a booming economy. <laughs> Elijah couldn't hear such words. He got so upset. He told them, really, it's going to be three years of famine. He was making fun. God is trying to be nice to you, and even though you're worshiping idols, he's merciful, and you are taking it as a, as a way to, to prove that God is not true, that, they, that Moses is not right. You'll have three years of famine. You know, very nice, but meanwhile, everybody is suffering. He wants to make a point. <laughs> Beautiful, but the whole nation is suffering. And things got very bad. And the king wanted to kill Elijah. And Elijah ran away. Then, here is only the F of the... Um, okay, we will start from here. In any case, three years passed, and God told Elijah... Elijah decided that he wants to call the king and to speak to him. And he offered the king to meet in one place, to meet on the Mount Carmel in Haifa, and to once and for all to see who speaks in the name of God. Let's make a showdown. Let's see. Who is it? And the king agreed, and the whole nation was summoned to the Mount Carmel. Anybody was in Israel, Mount Carmel is a big place. And they were all around. And there were 400 prophets of the Baal. And Elijah was the only prophet on the other side. And he says, let's once and for all, we'll build the altar. And the person who can bring a fire down from heaven will be proven that this is speaks in the name of God. The king agreed. The king came there. Everybody came. All the dignitaries. Everybody was there. The Supreme Court, it was like the, it was like the, you know, the, what is called, the, when the president gives the State, State of the, the Union, Union address. <laughs> that was what, every, all the dignitaries were there. It's bottom of page 307. Go ahead. Ahab. 
Ahab sent an order to all the people of Israel, and he gathered the prophets of Baal together on Mount Carmel. Mm-hmm. Eliyahu approached all the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If God is the God who rules the world, follow him. If it's Baal, then follow him. The people did not answer him any What happened at that time in the land, the people of Israel, they were giving a donation to the temple and a donation to the Baal. Maybe this, maybe this, just in case let's be covered. Then Elijah says, this is worse than worshiping idols, alone. Why? He says, make up your mind. You believe in the Baal, go for the Baal. But go for something. Because if you go for the Baal, only you one day might repent. But if you dance and do, and to do weddings, you always say, oh, you know what? I, was, I, wasn't, I didn't give up on God. I have nothing to repent for. That's a problem. Therefore, uh, uh, Elijah says, you believe in the Baal, go for it. But go for something. Don't dance on every wedding. Okay, we'll continue on the next page in the top 308. Eliyahu said to the people, I am the only remaining prophet of God. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Oh, 450. I'm sorry. It was 400. 450 men. Okay. Let them give us two bowls, and let them choose one of the bowls for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on wood, but put no fire to it. I will prepare the other bowl, and lay it on wood, but put no fire to it either. You call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of God. The God who answers by fire, he is God. All the people answered and said, the matter is good. Okay, an offer you cannot refuse. The person who will bring, it, will bring down the fire, that will be the personal proof that he speaks in the name of God. He, he basically decided how exactly the... He, he made the rules, Elijah. Now, in general, you're not allowed to offer sacrifices anywhere but on the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. And there was a time there was a temple in Jerusalem. But a, and nobody's allowed to break the, rule, the law. But a prophet, a true prophet, has the right to change the law for one-time event. He can say, God, allow me today to offer a sacrifice on Mount Carmel. If, if he would come and say, God, uh, we, we will offer the, uh, from now on, you're allowed to offer sacrifices on Mount Carmel every day, that would be against God and he's, he's a false prophet. But on one-time event, he has the power to do it in the name of God. And that's what he did there in Mount Carmel. At that time, the ways to Jerusalem was closed. The, 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 go, the Ahab and before that they were closing the ways no Jew was venting no Jew of the kingdom of the ten tribe went to Jerusalem altogether everybody says it's a great idea you'll speak in the name of your God I will call to my God we'll see the God who will answer is God okay they took the bowl which was handed to them by Elijah and they prepared it they called on the name of Baal from morning until noon saying Baal hear us but there was no voice nor any uh, who answered. They jumped on the altar which was made in uh, worship. Okay, what happened is they, they made, they prepared the, they prepared the sacrifice, they offered them on the altar. Nothing. Garnished. Nada. And Chiel, the Medrash says, the Chiel who built Jericho crawled underneath the altar to put on a fire. And you know, Thousands of people say around, the fire is a fire. Go scream, the fire came from the above, came from the below. A fire! They saw, everybody saw fire, go argue. Then the message says, a snake came and killed him. Mm -hmm. And saved Elijah, basically. 
And you know, you need a lot of God's in, in, uh, <laughs> intervention into this business. Okay. Continue. Yeah, yeah at, please. Uh, it was at noon um, that Elijah ridiculed him. He said, cry louder if you say he is a God. Maybe he is talking to others or deep in thought or on a journey. Maybe he is sleeping and he will be awakened by your cries. Obviously, Elijah was making fun of them. He gave, he gave him attributes of a human being. Maybe maybe he does near, maybe he's sleeping, maybe maybe he's busy on the phone, he's on the iPhone, who knows what he is. Continue. They cried aloud and scored themselves with knives and lances as was their custom until blood gushed out upon them. Then gushed out from them. They beat up each other. Okay. Then when midday was passed, they pretended to prophesize until the time of the offering of the afternoon sacrifice. But there was no sound. No one answered, for there was no listener. Until the afternoon, they were busy with their, so with their offering. Came the afternoon. Afternoon is the time of Mincha. That's called the Mincha, the time of the afternoon sacrifice. Then Elijah said, now it's my turn. Number three. Eliyahu said to all the people, come near to me. So you can see that no trickery is taking place. And all the people came near to him. He wanted everybody to see what is happening. They should see with their own eyes. should stand close and see the miracle. He repaired the altar of God that was broken. Eliyahu took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Yaakov, to whom the world of God came, saying, Israel shall be your name. With the stones he built an altar of the name of God. He made a ditch around the altar, large enough to contain the sea of seed to hold the water which he poured to magnify the miracle. Okay, what he, he did is he built a new, he cleaned up the altar, he rebuilt the altar. He took 12 stones and made a, the, the altar of 12 stones to represent the 12 tribes of Israel. And he poured a lot of water to make sure Nobody should say, oh, there was a fire somewhere there. It's flooded with water. Okay, we are number 34, 33. Go ahead. He arranged the wood, cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood. He said, fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. He said, do it a second time, and they did it the second time. He said, do it a third time, and they did it the third time. The water ran around the altar. He also filled the ditch with water. Full of water. The place was packed, flooding with water. It's like David Copperfield. It says, <laughs> it says uh, put it up, put it on the burnt sacrifice. That means the one's going to be sacrificed? It's not, it's yeah. not burned. Not Obviously yet. it's not. Yes, it was not burned yet. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Okay, then. Then, at the time of the offering of the afternoon sacrifice, Eliyahu the prophet approached God in prayer and said, God, God of Abraham, Yitzhak, and of Israel, let it be known this day that you are God whose presence dwells in Israel, and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things by your word. Answer me, O God, answer me with fire, so that this people may know that you are God, Almighty God, and so you will have turned their heart back again to you. And he points to God and says, God, now we need you here. We need you to come and to prove that I speak in your name. That was the moment. You know, there is some moments in history that you need to prove it. It's here or there. You cannot go in the middle. 
Okay. Then the fire of God fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood pile and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the ditch. When all the people saw it, they fell upon their faces and they said, God is the Almighty God. God is the Almighty God. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The fire came down just like in the temple, by in the Mishkan by Moses, just like by the first temple, by King Solomon. That was the proof that God, he didn't just make up a story. That was the proof everywhere when to see that God is resting among the Jewish people, that a fire from heaven came, that a miraculous fire was burning, like the Ner Tamid and so on. And a fire came and burned everything, the whole offering. And the whole nation say, announced, what they announced? Hashem is our God. Not the Baal is our God, Hashem is our God. This is the line that we announce, Yom Kippur, by Neila, right before we blow the shofar. We announce one time, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Then we say three times, Baruch Shem Kevod Machuto Leolam Vaed. Then we say seven times, Hashem Hu Elokim. This is the line comes from this story, from Mount Carmel, from the story of Elijah, when he proved the old Jewish nation. And at that moment, everybody was standing at the, at the, at the foot of the Mount Carmel, became, came back to God. We don't read the continuation of the story. It's not in the Torah. And well, what, what happened to the 450 prophets? They were killed. Everybody was angry with these guys, with the mamzers, with the liars. They were killed. And Ahab was there. And because this happened, this stopped the, fe- the, the, the drought. He told them for three years to be a drought in Israel. This event stopped the drought. And Ahab, he told Ahab, Elijah, run, travel fast on because it's going to rain very hard. And it rained very, very strong right there. Sounds very good. Ahab came home, you know. And Ahab, in the moment there, he saw this great miracle. It was unbelievable. He also had uh, an awakening of repentance of tshuva. He came home, Jezebel heard what happened. <laughs> she wasn't happy. He killed all 450-year friends. She took out a death sentence of Elijah. She said she's going to kill Elijah. That on one end, Elijah proved the name of God. Proved. And all the nations came to Hashem, Elohim. God is our God. But I don't think the proof was holding for too much. No, people say always they would like to have proofs. If it would be miracles today, we would do it. Now what? You can make a hundred proofs. You can split the sea all out for two weeks, two months. Everybody will go back to his base. Elijah had to run away and to hide in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a cave because he was afraid of the king and the queen that are going to kill him. After he proved, the biggest proof didn't help for Jezebel. Didn't help for Ahab. They wanted to kill him. Proof, didn't prove. They don't, they did, it's not that they, they, for the nation it was a question who is the real God. People are lying to them. This person says, speaks in this God, the people don't know. But these guys, they knew exactly. They still didn't want to hear from God. Then he was, the ravens came to, in his cave, wherever he was hiding, the ravens bought some um, food to him, cakes or something, they brought to him to eat. 
and he woke up, he, was, he, was, he wanted to die, he asked God to die. And then he woke up and he saw food by him, and the voice of God told him, eat because you'll need the strength, you'll need a lot of strength, because you'll have a long walk before you. And he ate, you know, the ravens from the story of, in the movie, there is raven, raven there? there there's raven. one scene where there's a raven. Yeah. And what is but, the raven doing? Well, it, it's actually before the, uh, they go in the ark, they before actually the show a raven. <laughs> the raven in the story of the ark didn't do his job, but he was made to do this job. And, and Elijah started to walk, and he was walking for 40 days' walk. Reminds you somebody? And we end up in Mount Horev. He came to Mount Horev. Mount Horev is Mount Sinai. It's a different name for Mount Sinai. And this is in the other book that we're going to read. <laughs> Three or five. Yeah. It's called Elijah's Greatest Hits. <laughs> Could be a movie. Uh -huh. It's a new they, one. Yeah, but no the movie has to be done by by a religious Christian. <laughs> Only then it will be a good movie. <laughs> Three or five. You fold the books on the wrong side. Okay. Three or five. Um, page 305, the Aftorah of Pinchas. It starts, God ends was an Eliyahu. God's hand was on the Eliyahu, granting him strength. He fastened his belt in order to run faster and ran in front of Achav's chariot until he reached Yitzrael. It was after, this is still the story right after the, when they left um, Mount Carmel. Elijah was running in front of the king to honor the, to honor the king because there was, nobody was there to honor him. Then even if he was a bad king, Judaism believes if he's a king, if it's somebody that God gave him power, you have to respect, it, respect him and honor him. Even if he's a bad guy. Because God honors and God gives him power. What's, his, what's this is, Israel? Which Israel? Israel is a place in in in, in, in Israel. There is Israel, Emek Israel. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Akav told Isabel everything that Eliyahu had done, bringing down fire and rain. How he had killed all of the prophets of Baal by the sword. Aha! Uh -huh. He told her the story. He came home. He told his wife what happened at Mount Carmel. Go ahead. Isabel sent a messenger to Eliyahu saying, May the gods of Baal do the same to you as you did to their prophets, and may they do more so. At this time tomorrow I will do to you what you did to them. She took out, a, she told them, Tomorrow you will be dead. That's what she told them. And she's the queen, she has the whole power to do it. Go ahead, continue. He saw that, there were, that he was in danger, so he got going and fled for his life. Mm -hmm. He came to Beersheba, which was under the rule of Yehuda and not Ahav, and he left his servant there. He then went into the desert a distance of one day's travel. He came and sat under a ratama bush for shade, and he wanted to die. He said, God, a life of pain like I'm in now is too much. 
Take my soul, as I have no better than my father's. I have a question. Okay. First of all, who, are, who also Jonah. wanted to die? You, you, Jonah. You're Jonah. 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 That's what I was going to say, because he sat under a plant the and he wanted to die. Cook, the cook. Uh, also by Beersheba. No, Jonah was in Jaffa. But uh, no, we, we, we speed it out, I don't know. Ninveh, he was far away from Beersheba. Yeah. He was in outside of the Israel. They say Ninveh will... I remember to find out where Ninveh is, uh, Spain, some people say, some people say other places, whatever. Yeah, then what? It's just a story like Jonah, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wanted to die. He says, I'm not better than my parents. I, but basically, he said, this kind of a life I don't need. He gave up. Oh, yeah, it doesn't go my way. Okay, I can take it. <laughs> okay. He lay down and slept underneath the Ratama bush. Suddenly an angel touched him to wake him up and said to him, Get up and eat. He gazed around and looked. By his head was a grilled cake and a flask of water. He ate and drank and then laid back down. The angel of God came to him again. Was he depressed? I don't know. (laughs) It touched him and said, Get up and eat, as the journey you wish to undertake is too far for you to go without food. He got up, ate and drank, and then miraculously with the energy from his mail, he went 40 days and 40 nights without any more food. Well, Up to the mountain of God in Harav. Yes, he went to the mountain of God of Horeb 40 days and 40 nights. He walked, just like Moses at Mount Sinai. Okay. He came there to the same cave where Moshe had stood and he slept over there. He came to the same, it's 300 years later, he came to the same cave that Moses came at Mount Sinai, standing with God, spoke to Moses. We will read about, there is a cave, the story in Pasha's Kittiso. He was, that passed by in front of him, right? And he saw God, the same story is happening here. That's how big Elijah was, shows you. He, was, he, had a, he, had a, he had a Moses experience. The only one of the prophets who had the same experience that Moses had. Was not the prophet at Mount Sinai. I was never there. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even know where Mount Sinai is. Some people say they know there is a, there is a mountain in the desert that had 3,300 steps, you know that? And they say that this mountain is Mount Sinai. That's what they... Um, Many Christians or other, other groups, certain groups in the Christianity believe that this is the Mount Sinai. In other, place, other people believe so. There was a rabbi once, he climbed all the way there in top and he blew the shofar. 3,300 steps. Something like this. Yeah, 3,000 steps. Yeah, it's a strange number because that's how long we are from Mount Sinai. 3,300 years ago. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's three, that's, it was amazed me when I saw the numbers of steps. Suddenly, yes, suddenly the word of God came to him. Why are you here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? God is asking him. God told him, an angel told him, you'll have to go for 40 days. Obviously, God directed him to this place, and he walked with the strength of this meal 40 days and 40 nights. No matter how good you ate, it's a long walk, right? And... He comes finally to the same cave that Moses is in, was in. God is asking him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What do you need? 
So an appointment, yeah. Can I help you, please? Why are you here? Full service, yeah. yeah you know, God opened the little window, you know, that like, you know, like you go in CVS, he opened the little window. What do you need, Elijah? Is that the kind of question? Go ahead. He said, I have zealously avenged God and the God of hosts and killed the prophets of Baal, for the children of Israel have abandoned your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets by the sword. I am the only one left, and they want to take my life. Whoa. First of all, he says to God, I zealously avenge you, you know, I killed the, the prophets of the Baal. And now your children have forsaken the covenant. One of the meaning of this law is that they forsaken the midst of Brit Milah, the covenant. And they killed all the prophets, right? That's what he tells them. Mm-hmm. And I'm the only one and they want to kill me too. I thought there were some being saved in the caves where they eventually succumbed. That's what he says now. I know what you mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ovadia. Ovadia saved the yeah. under prophet, yeah. But here he says to God, it's over. They killed the Jewish prophet, they killed, and they are forsaking your covenant, and they are, uh, uh, and they want to kill me too. Okay. God said. God said, go out of the cave and stand at the mountain before God. God's presence is going to pass. There was a great and strong host of angels. Then that's only God told them. Go out of the, of, the, of, the, of the cave, and God's presence will go to pass. Similar to Moses. Now he doesn't... Uh, similar to Moses, but a little different. You're right, similar to Moses, right? And then what he saw... It's on host of angels, winds splitting mountains, and shattering boulders before God. He saw what the first thing was it? Wind. A wind, a strong wind came. Splitting mountains and shattering that's boulders. How, that's how strong the wind was. Wow. Okay. God does not come with angels of wind, thought Eliyahu. Eliyahu thought, that's not God yet. There's angels of the winds, a strong wind, that's not God. Okay, that's nice. After the angels of the wind came, angels of thunder. God does not come with angels of thunder, thought Eliyahu. Okay, Elijah saw thunder. He says, that's not God still. After the angels of thunder came, angels of fire. Now the thunder, the thunder... Some one translation in Hebrew it's called rash. Rash could mean noise, thunder, but rash has another meaning. Rash as in the Bible, earthquake is called rash. It was an earthquake. So that's still not God. So what is he saying? These are natural disasters. No, he didn't say it's not natural. It's uh-huh. it's a preparation to God, but it's it's the ones who come before God. If you it's want. not God yet. Okay. It's not yet God exactly. <laughs> Then he saw a fire, right? What you read? And the angels of fire came a subtle... uh, uh, After the angels of thunder came, angels of fire, God does not come with angels of fire, thought Eliyahu. He says it's not a fire either. After that... After the angels of fire came, a subtle, silent voice. Mm -hmm. Here is God... That was this line, this thing, is the old lesson that God was trying to teach Elijah. Elijah, you don't, fi- you don't bring people to God by fire and by thunder and by punishment and by drought and by killing and by earthquakes. That's not how you find God. God is found in the silence, in this quietness. Then you hear God. 
making noise, you push away people from God. All the people who are, who are prophet of doom and punish and scream and, and reprimand, you don't bring in, you don't find, there's no God there. They're screaming, but there's no God. It's really an anti-miracle statement when you think about yeah. it. Everybody's looking for miracles. Uh, yeah. uh, you, you know what? First of all, it's not so much anti-miracle. The statement is you have to bring God with good. Yeah. But also, yeah, miracles will also not yet necessarily uh, change people's mind. A little bit of love, it's, a, it's to be an internal change, that's the idea. You make a big miracle, let's say tomorrow will be an earthquake, God forbid. It's not going to change. Let's say a prophet shows up and says, tomorrow is going to be this and this. Look, this guy brought down fire from heaven, didn't help him. What do you need more than that? And and apparently it did help with the, with the people on site because all yeah, these people said that the following yeah. For five minutes. <laughs> what, what is the still small voice? Is that the internal voice of God within you? No matter how you... Yeah, it's internal voice of God. You see, the, the word internal voice, internal voice within you is a very dangerous voice because very dangerous statement because people can take it too far. People do many bad things that said they, they're the inside voice who told them to do it. I spoke to people who are, who, who did many things in the name of the inside voice. Judaism doesn't believe so much in the inside voice. Judaism believes in this voice. You want to know what to do? Open the book. What do you mean? You're, I had a feeling God spoke to me. It doesn't fly like this. God spoke to you. <laughs> Come to show God spoke to you. <laughs> <laughs> I have a connection with God, a spiritual connection. I go on the, on the sea and I'm thinking, that's nice, my friend. No, no poor man will be helped by you. Internal voices. That's why it's true. There is everyone who has a feeling to God. I don't want to mock it. But we cannot rely just on it. That's what I'm saying. Is this the, the still small voice, though? I mean, is that the, the internal voice, or is it just the comment that you, you look at silence as opposed to loud? I think it's more miracles. silence than, than, loud, than, than loudness, than screaming, than yelling. With... Silence, you bring people closer to you. You, you it was give like it the to them. phrase EF when EF Hutton spoke, you know, the people listen. The, the people listen. And you whisper people listen, exactly. 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 That's exactly the statement. A soft something. Yeah. Okay. What happened was when uh, Elijah heard this silent voice, he covered his face with his cloak because he realized divine presence was there. That's then just he like realized, exactly, like Moses it's covered his, his face. face. Yes. Moses covered his face at the burning bush. bush. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He covered his face, yeah. Okay. Then he went out of the cave and stood at the entrance to the cave. A voice came to him and said, What are you still doing here, Elijah? And the same question. You know, when God asks you the same question again, it's not because he had a hearing issue. <laughs> if God is asking you the same question again, it's because he's waiting for a better answer. And that's why he's asking the same thing. The guy gave him an all answer. It was a whole conversation just a minute ago. No, he's asking the same question again. Elijah gave the same answer. He said, I have zealously avenged God, the God of hosts, and killed the prophets of Baal. Please help me for your sake. For the children of Israel have abandoned your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets by the sword. I'm the only one left, and they want to take my life. <laughs> he repeated the same story. The God same said complaint. to him, go back on your way to the Damascus desert through which you came. When you come there, appoint 
Chazor. Chazael to be the king of Aram. Appoint Yehu, the son of Nimshi, as king of Israel, and appoint Elisha, the son of Shaphat, from Ivel Mehola to be the prophet in your place after, Aha. after you depart this world. What is happening here? Guy told Eli Elijah, you're complaining about the Jewish people. You lost your job. Appoint another prophet. I can't take it. Okay. You know, don't throw your job. You know, there's a famous saying, don't throw your job first. They might take it. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. I'm retiring. I'm, I, I resign. Don't say it so fast. They might take it. Be careful. The same thing is here. He said, I can't take it. God told him, okay. We'll have somebody else. God gave him a second chance to say the same word. He asked him again. And Elijah should, should be, that was a sign to Elijah to say that I don't like the approach. And that was the whole idea of the fire and the thunder and the earthquake. And, and we really saw God in the silent. God wanted to tell him, you have to take a different approach to my children. But he said the same thing. God doesn't need people to complain about the Jewish people. That's not the job of the prophets. We need the prophets for it. Six o'clock news open. To now you hear all the bad news. But I need, the prophet is here to defend the Jewish people. To love the Jewish people. To always fight for underneath the earth. Reasons why the Jewish people are good. Not to say that the Jewish people are bad. Even when they are bad, he has to say that they are good. He, 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 has to, he has to be completely blind, love blind. He, he shouldn't see any bad, he should see only good. A true tzaddik doesn't see bad in people. Because it's your child, you don't see bad, right? And your child, oh, he just is dead. Don't oh, you making such a big deal about that? Oh, he was tired, it was a mistake. You always see the good in him because it's your child, you love him. A prophet should have the love, and, and uh, Elijah had the love, but he had it, he was, a, he was a very strict father, a very strict guy. And God is trying to tell him, this is not the way to, the Jews are stubborn, uh, stiff-necked people, you're not going to do anything. In this way, you're going, you're going nowhere with them. Then he told them, go appoint Elisha to be the prophet instead of you. Okay, go ahead. I will live over only 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that did not kneel to the ball, and every mouth that did not kiss it. He left there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, as he was plowing. Twelve pairs of oxen were ahead of him, and he was with the twelve. Eliyahu went over to him and threw part of his cloth over him. Elijah! had a cloth, like he was wearing a special coat. He threw it on Elisha. That was a statement that he's appointing him to be a prophet. Okay, finish the sentence then. To him that he was to become a prophet. Mm -hmm. Okay. Elisha left the oxen, ran after Eliyahu and said, let me please kiss my father and my mother and I will follow you. It was a little disappointed, let me kiss my mother and my father. He has a calling from God, he's going to say goodbye to his family. That's not a real chosid. A real chosid goes right away. Doesn't wait for his mother. Shall I? Eh, we'll forgive him because it was before the Hasidic movement came. <laughs> <laughs> now we would be, he wouldn't make it. <laughs> okay, Elijah told them, Go back and kiss your parents as you wish, he said to him. But make sure you come back, for if you have come with me, for if you come with me, you too will perform great miracles as I have done. Mm -hmm. Elisha went away from him. He took the pairs of oxen and slaughtered them. 
Using the wood from the oxen's plows as fuel, he cooked the meat and gave it to the people who were working for him, and they ate. He got going, went with Eliyahu, and became his servant. Okay, now he went to Eliyahu, and for two and a half years he was with Eliyahu like this all the time. Elisha was constantly with him. And then came the time for Eliyahu to move on. And they were walking together in the Judean desert. And Eliyahu, Elijah, tried to get rid of Elisha. He didn't want to see how he's dying. He tried to push him away. And there were all the prophets passing on the way. and says, you know that your Rebbe is going to die. Everybody knew. Eliyahu knew, Elisha knew, everybody knew. And he's going with him, he doesn't let him go. And he tries to tell him, you go. A few times tried to get rid of him, it didn't work. Finally, he told them, you can ask the, say, the last wish, what do you want? He says, I want, I should have a double of your spirit on me. Just like Moses. It's written, mm -hmm. God told Moses, put your hand over Joshua, yeah. and he put two hands, a double. Here also, it was a double portion. And Elijah told him, if you see me passing on, you will know that will be a sign for you that you get a double portion. And actually, Elisha made the double amount of miracles that Elijah made. Twice as much. And they walked together, and suddenly a chariot of fire came down from heaven, and Elijah disappeared. And his cloth, his famous cloth that everybody spoke about, that was left. Just like the Malaysian airplane. He disappeared, Elijah. Gone. He comes back to Elijah Eda Yeshiva for students that he trained them to be prophets. That was at that time, it was like being a Yeshiva student today, it was to be a prophet. He comes back and he tells them Elijah disappeared. He told them that's normal for him. Every time he disappears for a short while, he comes back. He said, No, 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 he disappeared. He says, We want to go to look for him. He says, No, there is no point to go. I'm telling you, he's gone. <coughs> They insisted. Hasidim, don't give up so fast. They went for three days. They looked all over the Judean desert, in the caves everywhere. They couldn't find him. He was gone. Elijah is the only person in Jewish history that disappeared. He didn't die. He disappeared. Now, what does this mean? He's still around. Disappeared, <laughs> but he's still around, exactly. And he became an angel. And in the Talmud, now it's interesting that Elijah throughout his life was a very strict prophet, very zealous, angry if you want. Then therefore, he had to atone for it. What is in atonement? His atonement is that by every breeze he shows up because he, co he complained to God that the Jewish people have forsaken the covenant. Then we have a tradition, comes from the Zohar, to prepare by every breeze a chair and it's called the chair for Elijah. And we put the baby, before we put the baby on the laps of the sandek, we put the baby on the chair of Elijah. And the, the Moel makes a prayer, says, Eliyahu Malach Abrit, Elijah, the angel of the bris, of the circumcision, of the covenant, come to my right and support me while I make the bris. It's a prayer for the Moel. It says, right by, by the bris. And, that's, and, and therefore, therefore he's showing up by every priest. He should give testimony that the Jewish people are observing the covenant. 
And it's a big, it's a big mitzvah. That's why it's a big mitzvah to be a bris. A part of it is because Elijah is there. That's a big event. <laughs> a lot of dignitaries, important people, people showing up. But then in the Talmud, there is about a lot about Elijah. Stories about how Elijah came and saved situations. Never there was some rabbi, some holy man in need. In a crisis, Elijah was there to help people. There is a story, famous story about Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva was, um, he was, as we mentioned many times, Rabbi Akiva was a very poor man. And when he married Rachel, the daughter of the rich man of Jerusalem, Kalba Savua, and he lived in a hut, because his, his father not throw him out of the house because he didn't want this, this, this shidduch. And, uh, the, and he was were very poor. Every, they used to sleep on straw. That once they were so sad that they sleep on straw, this daughter of the richest man in Jerusalem has to sleep in a straw, like in garbage, basically. Suddenly came and knocked on his door and told them, my wife just gave birth to a baby and I need straw to put her on it. Maybe you have some straw for me? That Rabbi Akiva said to his wife, look, there are people who don't even have straw. And the Talmud says, Eliyahu, Elijah came and knocked on the door just to make Rabbi Akiva feel better that our people have less than him. There is many, many stories in the, in the Talmud and then in the Jewish history about Elijah. It became so much so that every time when some, some, some person from nowhere shows up and helps you and you turn around, you want to thank him for, and he's gone, you say it's Elijah. That's how powerful it became. There is a story about a Jew who came in 1911 to Jerusalem, a Jew from England, a very rich man who came to Jerusalem. He was a very secular Jew, but he loved his people. He came to Jerusalem, walked into a shul, and he was by a class, just like us, learned Torah. And here's and one guy tells Christ to the other, he tells him, I, I engaged my daughter, and I promised I'd give them four Napoleons. Napoleons was a, a name of a coin, a certain amount of money. And with Napoleon on, his, on, the, on the coin, the face of Napoleon on his coin. And, and I don't have anything, and if not, they will break off the shidduch, it will be over. And he cries. But his friend told them, What's with you? You're a man of righteousness. You're a Jew who prays and learns Torah. Where is your faith? God can send Elijah and save you in a minute. What are you getting upset about? This rich man overheard the conversation. He went to ask somebody, where is this guy, this, this, this guy? Where is he living? He told him. He took a bag, put the four coins, four Napoleons inside. It was a big amount of money. He went to the house, knocked on the door. A girl, the bride, opened the door. So I said, I hold it to your father. And disappeared. Before long, God of Jerusalem said that the bride, Elijah revealed himself to the bride, and, and the family was helped. Basically, every, every miracle was credited to Elijah in Jewish history. Even it wasn't Elijah, it's an offshoot of Elijah. That is Elijah's job. Because in many stories in the Talmud, I mean, Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai was hiding in a cave, right? Who came to visit him and to teach him Torah and to help him? Elijah. Elijah came, and I think, on a regular basis. The result, the same thing. Everywhere you go, Elijah is there, is involved. Because he's an angel. 
But Elijah is another jump. And that's the reason why he became so famous. In the last prophet, it's a shame we don't have it in this Chumash. I had to take the Chumash, as Map says, where it's all the, all the Aftoras together. Um, but I was lazy to schlep it downstairs and then bring it upstairs. But next time, I'll know better. <laughs> we'll schlep for you. Let us know. <laughs> then, thank you. But the, the Aftora says the last prophet of the Jewish people is the prophet Malachi. And Malachi, in his last prophecy, his last few words of his prophecy, he says, in the name of God, I am sending you Elijah the prophet to come and share with you good tides, good news. Now, usually in the Bible, you read about when he's alive, you read about the prophet, he dies, that's it. He's never mentioned again. I mean, that's over. You go, Abraham died, talk about Isaac. Isaac died, talk about Jacob. Jacob. There is two people in the Bible who are, who are becoming alive many years later. One is Rachel. The prophet Jeremiah speaks about Rachel. Many, many Jeremiah was a thousand years after Rachel, maybe more. He said more than a thousand years. <coughs> then if 1500. Yeah, how much was it? 400 and 300, yeah. Probably a thousand years. Uh, he, uh, he, speaks, he said that, that when the Jewish people went to exile, they went to the grave of Rachel, and Rachel cried for them. And he says, uh, it's, it's a voice in Ramai's ear, Rachel, Rachel is weeping for her children, and God promised the Jewish people that they bring them back to Israel because of Rachel's crying. That's one person that's mentioned after he died, a biblical personality. <coughs> and the other one is Elijah. By the end of Malachi, much after Elijah, how long is it after Elijah? Also probably a thousand, 700, 800 years. And he mentions, says, Elijah will come and tell us and he, uh, that the, the great day is coming. The great day means that the coming of Mashiach. And that's why by the Seder we have on the, on the table the cup of Elijah. Because the Seder night, when is the most appropriate time to, for redemption? It's written, as the days that I took you out from Egypt, I will show you wonders. The days means even in this, are much more in the same days. Then there is no more appropriate night for the Jewish people to, to receive the redemption, to have to God should redeem us from exile, than on the night of Pesach. Then we prepare a cup for Elijah and we tell Elijah, Rebellion, we are waiting for you. We have even a cup for you. Come and redeem us. And that's why we open the door. And the custom is, what do you do with the wine that is in the cup of Elijah? Most people don't drink it, but Chabad pours it back, right? We pour it back mm -hmm. in the cup. Before we pour it back in the cup, we the pour bottle. a little more into the bottle. I'm sorry. Before we pour it back in the bottle, we pour a little more. Because we believe that Elijah tasted it. Then when you mm -hmm. taste some wine and you want it to be later kosher for wine, for Kiddush, you pour, a little, you pour it over again. And then you pour it back to the bottle. Then this is what you do with the cup. That's why we have a cup of Elijah and the Seder. When also we mention Elijah... Yes. Decided. Well, very good. After Avdala, we sing Eliyahu Anavi. Why we sing Eliyahu Anavi after Avdala? What do you have with Elijah? We woke up after a long Saturday afternoon nap, Shabbos afternoon nap, and then we Eliyahu. We have nothing else to sing. What is what, what is Elijah doing on, on Saturday night? Why not Thursday night? Why not Shabbos afternoon? Because Judaism, it's written in the Talmud that Moshiach will not come on Shabbat. 
you know, the Jews after the chon, you cannot disturb the Jews before the Shabbat. <laughs> there are already plans, guests are coming, everybody is there. You don't want to bother them on Shabbos. It's not fair. Then it's right after Shabbat is over, we said, Eliyahu, and we come, Elijah, and tell us about, uh, what's the word? Eliyahu, Tishbi, Eliyahu, Gilad, you come from Gilad? Soon he will come to us in Mashiach ben David, with Mashiach, with Messiah, the son of David. Then we are praying right there every Saturday night. We tell, we tell God, please send us Elijah to, to tell us about the coming of Mashiach. That's why Elijah became such a favorable prophet, even that in his life it wasn't so exciting there. Because he had a complete transformation. He's still alive. He never died, so to speak. He's waiting somewhere to come and tell us the, the, the coming of Mashiach. And it's up to us to prepare, to get ready. And Elijah doesn't have to wait for the Seder. He can come now. Even we don't have a cup for him. We don't have him the door. But we do all this physical thing to show how tangible is our belief in the coming of Mashiach. We have a cup for him. You know, you have a cup for a guest that you're expecting. You prepare a plate for him and a cup. He's coming. That's how... Our real is our belief in Moshiach. My understanding is that the, the idea of the fifth cup came in the Talmud, but the idea of assigning the fifth cup to Elijah and opening the door for Elijah didn't come till like the late Middle Ages. You're right, because the cup of Elijah is a tradition of 700 years old. I mean, at the time of the Talmud, they did not have a cup of Elijah. Obviously, the fifth cup and the cup of Elijah are two separate cups. They have nothing to do with each other. That's what the Rebbe explains. There's nothing, that's two separate issues. There's a fifth cup in the time of the Talmud, and it's all discussion about it, but we don't, we have only four cups of wine, and the cup of Elijah is one cup in the middle of the table, and it's assigned for Elijah himself. Then, the next two weeks, we will not have classes because of Yontef, we'll resume after that. And you should all have a kosher and a happy Passover. Thank you. Okay.